Hey, we welcome you into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Dan Shoptaw, C70 at the bat at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, is Tara Wellman from Birds on the Black and at Tara Wellman on Twitter. The thing that you have to ask everybody at this time of year, or at least currently, Tara, how are you? Are you okay? You know, I think so. Every day sort of feels like the day before and probably the day after it at this point. So I can only assume I'm not just stuck in some weird time vortex at this point. But other than that, I think I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not Groundhog's Day because there's always something new right. I mean, in this whole disaster that we're living through. But it does feel like it's been about... 20 years yeah. since we saw baseball and that's been like 20 days. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's fairly agonizing um, overall. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's just a situation that is so unfamiliar mm-hmm. that I think because everything has changed so rapidly over the course of the last 20 days, 25 days or so, not just in baseball, just sort of right. in life in general, <laughs> that it's, um, you know, it's, it's sort of hard to, it's hard to figure out the weird headspace that we're all living in with the repetitive isolation kind of daily routine, if you can call it a routine, but also the lightning speed with which basically the entire world has changed and we have no idea if that's going to last, if it's going to ever be normal again, what normal really even means at this point anymore. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's nice to talk about baseball because it feels a little bit normal, but then, you know, you go back to <laughs> the rest of life and realize, oh, yeah, we miss baseball because it's um it's pretty bad out there. Well, and this has got to be a little bit of... <laughs> what infinity is like you know yeah because you can't count down to something that we don't know when it's going to end and not having that passage of time not saying okay we're a week into this thing and we've only got 10 more weeks to go and it's like we're a week into this and we have no idea how much longer this is mm-hmm. going to go yeah um i think that lends us to that idea of you know the fact that it feels like it's been you know, forever in a day since, you know, um, you know, you, you count back and you say, oh, it was just last week that I did this. Well, it's because you haven't done anything since, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you sat in your house and hopefully, hopefully most of us are sitting in our houses right. or we're very limited outside interaction. Yep. Um, and, and they, they all kind of blend together after that. So the number of times I've said one day last I actually have no idea when it was. One day in the past, I did something because <laughs> I have no, I I have no concept. Time doesn't doesn't exist in my brain anymore. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. It's uh, you know, I we have it has been two plus now weeks since we had the person leave our office and turned out later to have the coronavirus which now we have had positive um cases of three of Mm. our employees plus one that didn't get tested but had it for sure so four out of an office of about um 12 yikes uh yeah and when the county's only had like 11 cases you start wondering why Mm. us but it it feels like that's been like eons ago i mean and it's like that it's just been 
two weeks. And normally two weeks is like, oh, you look up and, and, and wow, you know, where'd that right. month go? Yeah. But uh, not anymore. So it's kind of like the show, probably for everybody right. else. They're like, <laughs> man, it's only been four minutes. This feels like forever. Um, sorry. Anyway. Um, they don't so have anything better to do. It's exactly. Fine. I mean, what are you going to do? We're, we're <laughs> helping you kill a little bit of time during your quarantine. So, you know, be appreciative. I mean, that's all we're asking. Anyway, uh, we're also rambling because there's not exactly a whole lot of Cardinal <laughs> stuff to talk about. So we could just start rounding down rabbit trails and, and everything. But um, you're just was... going to get a glimpse at how our conversations normally are. Exactly. So you're welcome. Yeah. yeah, this is what we've been doing for the last half an hour. We just weren't recording it. So now, yeah. Yeah. now you get to see why we don't record it. Pulling back um, the curtain. Anyway, continue. I'll stop <laughs> interrupting you now. Oh, it's fine. Exactly. It's 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 better when you do. Um, but we did have a couple things this week, and before we get into kind of newsy stuff, um. Wednesday, again, let me check the calendar because otherwise we won't know. Wednesday night, uh, there was a tweet out from the Cardinals that some people thought was an April Fool's joke. Turned out it was not. Um, There is a fairly large replica of the Championship World Series Commissioner's Trophy. Um, Now that graces part of Ballpark Village Phase 2. I mentioned this to Tara beforehand and she told me she had opinions. So I am, I am, this is good. All right. So Tara, what did you think of it? I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> um, okay. So I get it in the sense that the Cardinals are proud of their world series championships. It's, it's a strange thing to put out for the public. Like you don't, you have to win that every year. They haven't won one in a while. I get that they have a bunch of them and they want to celebrate that. It's outside the Hall of Fame um, entrance. I get it. I understand that. I don't think that the Cardinals need any reason, need any additional reasons, I should say, for people to find them a bit pretentious. <laughs> and dropping a 30-foot statue of a World Series trophy out in front of your building, not helping with the pretentious stereotype. Um, I get it, and I know people will love it, and that's fine. I just find it particularly gaudy and unnecessary. And, like, I I don't think that people need more reason to hate Cardinals fans and like I didn't put it there but that's all I'm gonna hear about from my friends who are fans of rival teams so you know what people got mad at me for saying that I find it pretentious and (laughs) unnecessary and probably a bad idea but that is my opinion you don't have to share it I hate it I want it to go away (laughs) and I don't have a problem with it, um, <laughs> honestly. I mean, <clears throat> again, it looked a little weird in the original tweet when I saw it. And I'm like, okay, interesting. I have seen some pictures. I put up a video of where it is in relation to some of the new things in front of like the fitness area. And I think the new ball, it, it, it kind of, at least when I looked at it, it kind of fit in that area. I do think it's going to be one of those things. that's going to be that kind of touristy get your picture in front of it type of thing. I do think it's a, you know, it's a representation of the Cardinals history um, because they do have a lot of those things. I can understand that some other people might not like it too much, but 
Um, and I can understand that it seems to be a strange idea um, to put that instead of a statue of, of course, you know, they've got enough statues of Stan and I don't know who else they put a statue up over there. They're going to wait for them to put them around the ballpark. So, I mean, Bill DeWitt didn't make a statue of himself. I mean, we got, we, we got to <laughs> say that. would have been slightly worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about, you know, being pretentious, that, that might've done it. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, again, I, I mean, <clears throat> maybe if, and when I ever make it back to St. Louis, um, and, and see it. And I may think, Oh no, this doesn't work as well as I think it does. But, uh, I, I mean, again, I would, I don't know that I would have thought to put that out there, but it didn't seem to be that bad to me. I think, first of all, I, I completely realize you don't make those decisions about what to do for your fan base based on what other fans are going to think of it. That's not right, right. typically in the, the thought process there. And I get that. I live surrounded by fans of rival teams. So that is something that I think of probably more than other people. I have to defend my own fandom <laughs> so much more than people who live in St. Louis and everyone is in, in the same place of, of the same opinion. I get that. But I also think like the, the queen of England doesn't wear her crown all the time. <laughs> like people know she's the queen of England without wearing the crown on her head, unless it's an official ceremony. So it just to me is like, but, but everyone already knows this. I don't like, are we trying to prove something or <sighs> I don't know. Like I said, I just think it's, I I am not the person that someone would ask to design some grandiose um, structure because I tend to prefer a simpler choice. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just I just feel like it's a little bit. It's it's very look at me, which is whatever. That's a choice you can make it. A lot of teams do in some regard, but it, it also feels a little bit like. There's a difference to me in a statue of a, a legend, right? Stan or, you know, Ozzy or this all the statues out front. The eventual statue of Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright embracing. Like, that's going to be a thing, right? But those are, those are different to me than this thing that part of what makes it special is that you have to earn it every year. And to then just drop a... <laughs> three-story one out in front of your building um i don't know there's just something about it that feels really just just too much to me but i know lots of people are gonna love it and it's going to do exactly what the cardinals hoped it would do which is get people to take pictures of it and post it online so i mean kudos to them i just not a fan <laughs> does it make any difference if it and i don't know if it, I have not looked around the base, but would it make difference to you if all the championship years are engraved in it? So it is a, it's more a representation of those championships than just, Hey, we're the best. It would make some difference. I think even just subconsciously to know the intention there. And then you think, okay, well they can add to the mm. engraving as the years go on, as they win more championships. I get that. I don't think it needs to be, monstrous <laughs> to do that but sure why not um 
You know, honestly, it reminds me of there are those really random middle of nowhere towns. I can't remember where the one is in Illinois where everything is giant. And it's this <laughs> like tourist trap where there's a giant lawn chair and a giant mailbox and a giant. That's what it reminds me of. Like, it's not classy. It's not cool. It's some weird. I, I don't know. So. Yeah, I guess it would change my mind a little bit if there was some plan for memorializing the specific World Series titles as opposed to just like, hey, this is ours, even though it kind of isn't. (laughs) Now, to be fair, St. Louis's major attraction is just a big arch. So true. I mean, Um, it's not like it's completely out of place. True. Yeah, but the the arch isn't like a model of a smaller thing. <laughs> it's well, not like it's like half of McDonald's. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> it could be, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I get it. People are gonna love yeah. it. I just don't. <laughs> no, I get that. And again, if. I feel like if the DeWitts knew that the economy was going to take such a plunge, if there <laughs> might not be baseball this year, you know, the things in Ballpark Village might be just slightly different. Um, you know, they might not have commissioned a whatever thousands of dollar statue to go in there. Which also um, doesn't play super well with the we don't have any money to spend line as far as the team is concerned, they have plenty of money to spend on tacky trophies. <laughs> well, I <laughs> but mean, not so s- much on players. Um, you saw how much they're renting those apartments for. Oh, I know. saw it. Trust so, me. I yeah, saw they it. have plenty of money for the <laughs> tacky, tacky uh, trophies. Yeah. Because yeah. um, that's not even counting what they're charging rent for the businesses and things mm-hmm. of that nature that are over there. I mean, that place. Now, again, as I wrote, I think yesterday in my post, maybe today, they read together. Um, you know, not that I'm, you know, necessarily a whole lot of sympathy for the DeWitts, but they did, there are, as far as I know, putting a lot, of, basically they're putting their money into this whole project. So granted they have plenty of it to put in there, but <laughs> you know, they are putting up the risk on this thing. So I'm sure that's going to hurt. And, and, and if that hurts, the team probably does hurt too. Even if they want to keep it separate, I don't know if a downturn like this, they can. Unfortunately, the team's not going to make any money either this year either if they don't have a have any money coming in from con, from uh, TV money or anything of that nature. That's going to be a problem. But um, Just imagine being in the position to not only take on that much of a risk, but then be like, you know what we should do with this extra several thousand dollars? I've got just the thing. And uh, there you go. There it well, is. I look, I look for all to, to see. Um, asking Bill DeWitt third about it if we ever have <laughs> another Bloggers Day. Um, which, if they listen to these shows, we may not. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's it's going to be kind of interesting. And it, There's and, also, know. by the way, a giant mm-hmm. STL logo on the other side of Ballpark Village. That's right. I think I remember yeah. hearing, or I don't know if I saw a picture of that. I'll it's, send you a picture. Okay. It's been it's, there for a little while, hasn't it? No, this is new. This is, it is new too? A, a very large logo. Okay. Well, it, um, I mean, it feels you know, like they're 
filling up the plaza, I guess, in some way. Or in... You can do that with multiple things. It doesn't have sure. to be one object. <laughs> it's cheaper that way. I mean, Is it though? Yeah. I mean, you can pay 10000 for one thing or 5000 each for three things. Then... Mm. One thing, it's 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 bulk. You're buying in bulk right there. <laughs> right, right. So, and everybody sure. knows buying in bulk is better. Right. So, um, <laughs> this is where we are, everyone. Yeah. Welcome to <laughs> day whatever it is of life in quarantine. Yes, this is. I mean, we're not to sea salt yet, but no, um, we're I'm sure progressing we'll rapidly to that yeah. point. <laughs> Actually, sea salt might be a step <laughs> step up from from all this. I don't know. Oh, um, boy. So, Mo actually did meet with the media this week before. Well, no, I guess it was after the big trophy, but nobody asked about it, I don't think, um, in one of these Zoom conferences. Um, which which I still be, haven't done, so I feel like I'm not doing quarantine right. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, I actually realized this a day or so ago that I had signed up for Zoom sometime last year because of something at the office that I've never, I don't think we actually ever used it. And I haven't used it since. So, yeah, I do feel like I should have one of these conferences just so I can say I was, you know, a Zoomed person. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but anyway, he, he had this. And we that, again, that may be the only way we get to talk to John Monsedlock this year uh, for the bloggers because I'm, I'm continuing. Even if there is a season, I, I don't think we'll have a blogger day. So maybe they'll do one of those for us. Who knows? There you go. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like Mo's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Let's do it. Go on. Yeah, I don't know though. I mean, he could then just. I think. I, I again, never done this, but I would assume he could just like you know shut off the feed for the people. <laughs> Kick he people like. out of the room. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, eventually, you know, he just left there with Kyle. You know, yeah. I'm sure because I'm, I'm sure he'd keep Kyle around. That's probably um, fair. And they have a, an in-depth chat about minor leaguers. Um, I don't know. Anyway. He might not like that conversation yeah, either. Yeah. And, and then he gets <laughs> Kyle out and goes on. Um. <clears throat> But um, they talked about just a various things. I mean, it was Cardinals supposed to be home opener uh, against the or- or- Orioles. So they were it's kind of this pseudo holiday, I guess, you know, tried to, they, you know, tried to, to make it something special, even though everybody was staying at home. Um, wasn't a whole lot out of that. Mo no. continues to say, you know, or hoping for 162. Nobody believes that that's going to happen. Um he talked about injuries. Um, it sounds like Miles Michaelis is about to get on the start throwing a bullpen. Um, Andrew Miller is probably ready to go. And man, I got a feel for Brett Cecil because it was what, like two years ago, he had like a father in law die in spring training or something, yeah. or had injuries, and that kind of affected him. Well, he had another personal issue. We don't know what it is this time <laughs> that kind of stopped his rehab. Um, so he's supposed to be getting back to it, but you know, if we're talking a couple months, he's probably healthy, going to be healthy too. So, um, you know, I, I, it's like, okay, normally I think we'd be interested in those, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, they're starting to work their way back. But by now, you know, by the time baseball comes back, Jordan Hicks will probably be ready to go. Yeah. And, you know, everybody that's been hurt should be healthy. So I don't know how much that meant. It is going to create an interesting scenario for a lot of these guys who were doing so well in the spring and were basically in line for significant jobs because of some of those injuries. Mm-hmm. That is going to be an interesting part of this, especially if there's a you know an abbreviated couple of weeks spring training light 
before the season kicks in. And if the rosters are expanded at the beginning to allow for, you know, easing some of those pitchers in so there aren't so many injuries, it's going to be a very interesting part of this puzzle once we get to the point where we can actually talk about (laughs) putting the pieces of that puzzle together Mm -hmm. instead of just continuing to push them around on the table a little while longer. So it's interesting in kind of in and of itself that, okay, this is a side effect, uh, a result, I guess, of the extra delay. And that's going to be great, not just for the Cardinals in some respects, but for other teams who were going to have to start the season without someone who wasn't recovered yet or whatever the case may be. It's hard to get too excited about that because there's no start date, because there's no, hey, this is when, you know, we're going to start that second spring training or whatever you want to call it on this date. So then we have a reason to pay attention to what Miles Michaelis is doing. At this point, it's like, cool, he's throwing. So is everyone else. (laughs) Um, And it doesn't mean a whole lot for anybody at this point. So yeah, on their own merit, interesting bits of information. But in light of the uncertainty of everything else, it doesn't hold a whole lot of weight just yet. Right. And, you know, you're right. It's kind of that you just kind of assume it's kind of like the beginning of spring training, right? You just assume anybody that was hurt at the end of 2019 is going to be healthy at the beginning of 2020, unless it's something like Jordan Hicks and a Tommy John surgery or something of that nature. But if it was just some sort of hamstring issue or sore arm or something like that, you think, okay, three months of rest and they'll be fine at it. Well, that's kind of, I think, where we're at now is like we just assume that unless it was something serious, like, you know, obviously, you know, Syndergaard's not going to be back if, if baseball is this year. Um, but for the Cardinals, yeah, everybody should be um, ready to go. You have the E-figure. And, and again, that you know what that means for Jordan Hicks is an interesting situation, depending on when the game things start. But you're right. I mean, even with expanded rosters, there could be some guys that had a really good spring that looked like they were going to go north. Now, you know, it's a tough call. Um, hopefully that would, you know... Expanded rosters might give a guy like Ponce de Leon or Gomber, um, who if they can't make the Cardinals roster, somebody else may really want that kind of guy. So maybe they're a little bit more able to trade them um, because of the need for for depth. Yes. But um, overall, that's a that's a tough situation for forever. Of course, everything about this thing is tough. Of course, but um, you know, to as you and I were talking about about. Uh, Olympic athletes before we started recording to to have that you know everything line up just right so that you could be on this roster and then for that to go away doesn't mean it's going to line up like that ever again yeah yeah that's what's so difficult about a layoff like this and how it affects athletes because they're such fine-tuned machines at any you know professional level whether we're talking about Olympic athletes although they're technically not professionals, but that's not the point. Um, yeah, at any elite level, I should say, there there's there's such an emphasis throughout their training to get them to a certain point at a certain time. And, you know, you can look at that on a very small scale, a very micro scale with pitchers being ready every five days. And there's a plan and there's a program and there's a schedule and there are things that they have to check off a list in order to be ready at their best every five days. 
then you can expand that out to a whole season, right? And you see what guys do in the off season. They take enough time off to recover, then they slowly start to build and then they hit spring training and then finally, hopefully hit their stride before the regular season starts. The same thing applies on a much larger scale when we're talking about Olympic athletes or even, you know, guys just trying to hit the peak of their career when it's most effective for their career. Olympic athletes build their entire lives around a four-year schedule. So then all of a sudden to be pushed to year five, that changes a lot. And the same is is true of a situation like this. You know, Ponce de Leon worked all offseason specifically to rebuild himself as a pitcher to make the roster this spring. And he was proving that a lot of that work had paid off. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're not looking at a rotation without Miles Michaelis. You're not necessarily um, missing that spot in the bullpen because if KK isn't in the rotation, he's probably going to be in the bullpen unless he's still in like, overseas <laughs> and not able to get back on time. But that's a totally different part of the story. And um, yeah, it just it presents a, a much different set of odds i guess when mm -hmm. you have crafted this very specific program this very specific plan and i mean look that's that's life right i have made more plans in the last year and a half that did not work out <laughs> than we could even cover on a single podcast and it's incredibly frustrating, but you also have to learn to adapt as much as you have to learn to plan. And, you know, nobody, I was telling somebody yesterday, nobody's good at this because nobody's done this before. No one mm -hmm. is good at trying to balance the mental and emotional and physical stress of this. And no one knows how to fill in the gaps between working and not working in whatever industry. And no one knows how to socialize without being around people. We don't know how to do this. We're not good at it. So in the baseball sense, for a guy like Daniel Ponce de Leon or Austin Gomber or, you know, some of those uh, position players that were kind of bubble guys that that were like, oh, maybe maybe they have an outside chance. I mean, are we even going to be talking about Dylan Carlson at this point, right? Like there's mm -hmm. it's such a different story now and it's not helpful, I would imagine, for them to get caught up in that part of it as much as it is to just the only thing that they can control right now is doing their their part to stay home and, and stay away from people enough to try to knock this thing out as quickly as possible and then to be as ready as they can possibly be considering the circumstances and, you know let the chips fall where they may is not a, an encouraging phrase for an athlete who works to control things. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but that's, uh, that's the, that's the way things are going to have to fall right now. Yeah. I mean, none of us like being out of control, you know, but that's where we're at. I mean, all we could do is go one day at a time and see how the, <laughs> see how things are spreading and see when maybe they'll start to recede and then try to, to figure out, whether that re <laughs> we can risk getting out and about or if that's just going to flare it back up. Um, but right now, yeah, there's, there's not much you can do. And you're right. I can easily see how um, athletes are, especially are, are 
frustrated by this because there is. I mean, in the offseason, you can trend for opening day, but now, I mean, it's got to be, you know, I know what when the, the camps closed down, there was the idea that the Cardinals and the staff sent um, stuff to the players with them when they left. You know, this idea of this is what you're going to, you you can do, this is what you can try to focus on and stuff like that. Well, that's kind of got have gone out the window because I'm sure that idea was, okay, this is what you'll do and this will keep you ready for when we're back in like three weeks, four weeks, whatever. Um, you know, obviously that's not happening now. And so what, how much can you do? I mean, we saw the Twitter, the the thing of, of Marcus Stroman throwing, you know, out by the ocean, yeah, um, <laughs> which is a rough life um but yeah rough quarantine for that guy <laughs> yeah it's just that is that's that's hard um but you know at least his catcher was you know more than six feet away right. so, yeah. you know six they got feet that away. part right so you know that's good um you know i mean there's only so much they can do i mean yeah. you know they can they can you know they can throw so much and they can make sure the arm's good but then i mean they're not designed for that what if they're you know i know you got you couldn't do so much but if they are continuing to work out for the next you know three months four months if they come back to june and july are they going to be pitching like it's june or july i mean are they going to be getting tired are they going to have you know a lot a little bit more fatigue yeah. than than you would expect <laughs> for that kind of layoff or do they rest up and try to be fresh and you know really push through for that last three months i don't know i don't know and how to do it honestly neither do the trainers right because right. they've never right. done this before either so they might have crafted a plan for a short-term scenario and then they're having to recreate a plan or adapt that plan or add to that plan. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to stay in shape, but we've before discussed that being in shape physically is not necessarily being in baseball shape. And mm -hmm. if you're a hitter and you're not facing live pitching, your timing might be off. And if you're a pitcher and you're not facing live batters, your control might be off, you know, and that's what spring training does that all of a sudden, you know, they can't necessarily do on their own. They can't necessarily mm -hmm. do with a catcher across the ocean or whatever it is you know that's that's not how you get good at this game so there are certainly things that they can all do and I'm sure they're all doing everything they can and I'm sure that those trainers have been you know pulling their hair out trying to figure out how to manage this long of a layoff and still get the most effective production whenever there's production to give but that uncertainty makes it so not just unfamiliar, but really impossible to to figure out what right even looks like. Yeah. And there's the, you know, the mental aspect of this, you know, can oh, yeah. you, um, you know, can you, can you keep that kind of focus that you need? And then, you know, even if you let up, which you pretty much have to, you know, can yeah. you get it back? You know, when, oh, because it's not going to be a, I don't think it's going to be a situation where it, it's, oh, you've got a month until we go back to spring training. I think it's going to be, you know, we're going to open camps up next week, you know, or something like yeah. that. And you're going to have to kind of scramble to, to get back in this mindset of, especially for guys coming up fighting for their job or for veterans to try to, you know, get that extra oomph to, to make it through the rest of this season. So um, there's a lot of different things that and, we're not going to know about till after the end of the year when the players can talk about what right, this was like. Right. And not even to mention then the, the weight mentally and emotionally 
of just the very scary thing that's happening in the world, right? Like mm -hmm. you might get to go back to work, but then you you might still be dealing with loss. You might still be dealing with fear for your family. You might still be dealing with other pieces of this that are just the real human element that we're all going to have to try to figure out. And, you know, then these guys are going to be expected to be not only in peak physical condition, but also with that mental acuity and focus. And all of this is still going to be going on, at least to some degree, in the back of everyone's minds for a while. So, yeah, it's not going to be easy whenever, um, you know, they get that call about spring training. Is it, and I really hate to dive into this since we've already gone 30 minutes because it may be uh, a difficult thing to talk about, but is it somewhat better for the season to be scrapped rather and you know the people and say okay we're going to come at this fresh next february or is it better to, i mean obviously we want to see baseball don't get me wrong but just from a baseball point of view is it better for that or is it better to you know kind of have this waiting game and then just try to play and see what you get out of it yeah you know i think everyone involved in the game is probably going to say that they would choose to play mm -hmm. But I don't think that's an unfair question, and I think that it is real on a lot of levels, right? Just the very basic, are we going to end up with a bunch of injured pitchers? <laughs> like, that's a that was the first thing we talked about with this, is that, you know, how are pitchers going to come back from this weird layoff? But there are all of those other physical elements, the fact that it's such an unknown, the fact that these guys, I mean, their entire careers are based on their bodies basically being machines that mm. they can trust to perform. And if they're not in a position to do that, you know, from a business perspective as the owners, cause that's all they're going to be thinking about. <laughs> um, is it really a good use of your, your, are you going to get a good return on investment with players that have gone through this craziness and, you know, hoping and, and doing everything you can to make sure they're all healthy is great. But, there's so much more to that. There's so many more layers to that. And then, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a very real question, I think, for a long time. What What is the wise thing to do? Is it to kind of go at the first sign of we might be in the clear? Or is it to hold up and make sure and be proactive? And if that's the choice, you know, then we're looking at even later. And then does it make a lot of sense to put a lot of resources into a third of a season. And, you know, John Mosella can say he wants 162 games all he wants. We all know that's not going to happen unless we're talking about 162 games in 2021. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I haven't thought of that. And I am glad I don't have to be the one to make that choice. But it definitely has to come into play. And I, I would imagine that all the people involved in decision-making at this point have a notebook full of plans and backup plans and options and other options and, you know, mm -hmm. adjacent options. And I, I would imagine that's on at least one page in that notebook because, you know, you're, you're looking at other leagues and you're looking at other decisions about events late into the summer and thinking, wow, man, if... <laughs> if baseball is normally kind of going down the stretch in August, 
and now we're talking about maybe starting sports again in August. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Again, no one knows how to do that right. No one knows how to do that well because it's never happened before. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's a good answer to your question because I don't think there is a good answer to that question at this point. But it's, it certainly has to be something that's on the table. Yeah, it's um, it's a mess all the way around, and. I don't know. I don't know what we'll what we'll see. Um, I think it would be slightly ironic if, because they play in smaller areas, if the a lot of the baseball that we see are from those teams that they want to contract out of the minor leagues, um, <laughs> because they may be able to feel like they can play in a, a situation where they only have five or ten thousand fans, you know, in a in an area that's not necessarily. Um, got a lot of cases especially by the time they get around to playing i mean maybe that's it maybe that's the baseball we see this year is the lower level minor leaguers you know um and they and, and hopefully that it doesn't spread that way but because it didn't you know didn't take much but i, I could see that being an option uh, yeah. and maybe the only option yeah you know it's interesting we were talking before we started recording and i don't know exactly what the power structure is mm-hmm. in determining the minor league season. Um, I feel like I should know that, but it's not really something I've ever had to consider. You know, does how, how much leverage does minor league baseball have in starting its own season um, as compared to major league baseball saying you're going to play this many games starting on this date. Um, their relationship is obviously rock solid at this point. So I'm sure that helps, but I, I don't know what that looks like as far as when minor league teams could get the all clear. And there has been some discussion about kind of staggering start dates when a particular area is clear to play, but then that complicates leagues and playoffs and things mm-hmm. of that nature. So I don't know how they make all of that work, but it would be quite entertaining on a personal level <laughs> if all those major league owners who don't want to acknowledge the fact that they can very much in a normal year afford to pay all of their minor leaguers a much better wage um, would have to sit back and watch those guys play and, and really be the center of attention in the baseball world for the remainder of the summer, whenever that happens. So that would, that would be a a very bizarre silver lining for sure. Yeah. (laughs) And give them quite a bit of leverage when it gets into these discussions that they're having. And, you know, this idea of, you know, when you couldn't play, we could. And we <laughs> help save baseball. So, <clears throat> don't know how far that would go. But it would definitely be at least uh, a talking point for them. So, all right. Well, um, we may have rambled enough into various ways. I will say that STL logo looks better than the trophy, I think. Yes. I do like them. I mean, I like them both, but low bar, I like but <laughs> I like them both. But I do think that is an interesting look. It's too, also so. not thirty feet tall, so yeah, there may be that, that too. But um, I mean, <laughs> the trophy is not something just a. It's not just a piece of metal, you know. Huh. So well, are you sure about that? <laughs> Depends on who you Commissioner talk to. might change that. Uh... <laughs> that's true. So. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, we will be back 
maybe next week, maybe not, depending on <laughs> what our responses are to this show. Who knows? But uh, if you like this content, be sure to let us know. Because we kind of have plenty of this for a while. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> definitely, definitely. If you like it, tell Tara. And if you don't like it, don't tell anybody. You know, just, um, just be silent. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll take the hint. You know, you may have just wasted 40 minutes, but. It was 40 minutes of quarantine time. So, right. you know, what you else should be you thanking do? us. That's right. Make a TikTok or something or whatever those things are. Ugh. Did you figure that out yet? Because I, I think Alex is expecting a report. I tried. <laughs> I don't, I still don't get it. I mean, I, I, I made one. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> so if someone wants to, you know, suck me into that black hole, um, I have some time on my hands. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to get into the the chips uh, chirps area. So right. I don't want to get. Got to keep those lines. That's right. That's a teaser the, for Wednesday's right. show with Alex. So, um, so there you go. Um, so until until we meet again, that's Tara. I'm Daniel. Good night. Hey, Cardinals fans! Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click Subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in Baseball Heaven.